0: Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast this week. I'm joined by Bertie.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: And Forty. G'day, fellas. And Ham. And your host, Hamish. Uh, so let's jump straight in. Uh, terrible loss last Thursday. We've had five days to digest, but uh, let's have a look at the score and the stats. 38-0 to the Bunnies. Tri-scorer is Corey Allen Jackson with an X and an S. Paulo, Cody Walker, Jaden sewer double to Campbell Graham, and one to Adam Reynolds. Reynolds, a bad night off the boot, meaning they didn't get the 40 burger. Uh, but uh, let's have a look at some of those team stats. Uh, possession, 55% to the Rabbits. They had an extra six minutes exactly uh, time in possession. Completed 83% to our 70%. That's diabolical for us. Ran for an extra 600 metres. Uh t- Ten line breaks to nil. That's where the game was won, wasn't it? And,
2: and Fox Sports 11, had breaks that. Breaks to nineteen. Fox Sports yeah. had that more lopsided. If I recall correctly, they said it had like eleven or twelve to two. So mm. yeah, pretty rough there.
0: Any which way you catch it, uh, four four drop force dropouts to two. Uh, trying to look through kick defusal only fifty six percent to seventy seven percent effective tackles was pretty similar, eighty eight to eighty seven percent. Um, and we made an extra 120 tackles, missing an extra 41-19, and had 21 ineffective to the Rabbitohs 23, 12 errors to eight, four penalties conceded, four ruck infringements to the Rabbitohs 5, eight of eight interchanges each. Uh, So coming out to that, I'll just start off. um, uh, The main difference in this game for mine, uh, and especially compared to a lot of our games this season, uh, was just effort and intensity. I, I think nine out of 10 things that went wrong in this game were effort and intensity and it's a terrible state of affairs that your bloke that does his uh, has a high ankle sprain uh, showed more effort in that game than pretty much 16 other blokes um, well, it, and was literally
2: still- misdiagnosed because he somehow defied the laws of medicine and science to run down an outside back across the other side of the park so they misdiagnosed him on the like, on the ground post game and thought it wasn't syndesmosis that's just insane from Dylan isn't it
0: yeah, he's a tough bastard. I'll give him that much. It's just like,
3: I don't know. I hated the game. I hated everything about it. But just he, like, knowing he did that just, like, brings a smile to my face because I know that, you know, he's ours. We've brought him up. He's tough. And hopefully the kids that are coming through see that and they get inspired from Well, not only the kids coming up, the players in the first grade team. Like, I remember a few years back before Anthony Watmo come, we'd never have any players playing with any. Whereas when Watmo came all of a sudden we had someone playing with, and it's like through pain. And, you know, I think it started to build and build and build. And I think, yeah, it's just, it needs to inspire the teammates. Like Dill did that with a a season ending injury. And yet we've got a niggling injury or whatever, or we're not feeling it today, but, and we're not doing as much as he is. So no, good, like huge
2: from Dill. Yeah. Dill obviously the standout player by the length of the straight, um, Flemington for Parramatta. Um, Anyone that caught Brad Arthur's interview on 360 will know that he hammered on effort areas, which really falls in sync with what Hamish was saying, wasn't it? That just basic effort areas were not executed. You know, the intensity wasn't there. Base effort levels weren't there. And, you know, we allowed South City to get on a roll. And once again, you know, we started strongly through the middle. Um, Our first few sets really had the Souths knocked on their heels. And then we go right, and go early, and we just did not hold on to the ball. And from there, they blow us open down our right edge. And it just went... It just all escalated from that. So really, really disappointing stuff. And it was a culmination of what we've been talking about for the last two months, where those fundamental errors have just been creeping in and sort of, you know, almost white enting ourselves.
0: I, th- I think the real frustrating thing, and, and the frustrations built across our fan base, is that even in that game against Manly, where we were missing that effort and intensity, especially in that first 25-minute period, we managed to turn it around. And, and whilst it was a disappointing loss, um, it was still four tries apiece, In this game, at no point did we turn it around and lift. And that's the real frustration where I think for the majority of the season, we've been mentally tough. Uh, We've been able to deal with adversity, even when we've had games where we're not getting the running, you know, especially those recent games against Sharks, et cetera. And I'd even put it at the game against St. George, like we almost pulled it off. Uh, But this game showed a mental fragility I haven't seen since the Melbourne Storm uh, finals last year.
3: It was almost like the exact opposite of that manly game. Like, we started off really well. And then I thought we dropped our heads once um, Reg got that uh, penalty for a dangerous tackle over the horizontal. After that, we just seemed to drop and just like did not want to come back. Before that, we were making meters up the middle. We were chancing our arm, which was, it was sticking for the most part. Um, it was just sort of a final pass that wasn't getting uh, to hand or a forward pass here or there. But we we're doing well. And then it seems from that tackle, we just dropped our heads and went back to what we were doing, you know, um, two thousand fourteen or earlier than that, sort of two thousand and ten through to two thousand and seventeen was something would go our way and we go, Oh shit, we're not gonna win from here, drop our heads. Bertie, do you wanna fire up?
1: I'm just fucking look, I'm not off the team, like I'm still para through and through, but like not really. I'm I'm parama fan, but I just thought the days of turning in that dog shit performance was over. I legit thought, you know, we've we've This season we've defended well, and we've defended our errors well, and we've had not much errors. But lately we're just pushing the pass, dropping the ball, and like you looked at that last game, we couldn't defend like anything. They'll just run through. So we'll defend from one to four, so one tackle one to four, and come to you know when they shift it, we just shit ourselves and let them go through. And you know like there's no heart. Like he's he's mentioned, the guy did his cindusmoses and he ran 40, had a 40 yard run and scored. Which was taken off him. And yet you got people coming in with stupid defensive reads, looking around like you're an idiot. Like, just, you know, you got, you got, you got, they're going to realize, right? I understand this is, you know, high competitive stakes. You know, this is their job and shit. But fans turn up to that game, right? They're going to, they're risking catching COVID 19 and spreading that shit, right? And then you put up that, put that piss, pathetic, you know, uh, defense. Like, it's just, I don't know, just. It ruined my weekend because they showed no heart, and the guy who showed the most heart was injured. Like, there's nothing wrong with okay. There's a couple busted, you know, Moses's calf, Fergo's knee. What's Wonga's problem? Why is he like? I was defending him last week against the Storm, saying his his defense has turned around. He was his contact was sticking. He was slowing people down, and yet he, it's a complete one hundred and eighty. Like, I just don't know. What's Sivo? What's his problem? Like, you know, like just what is it? Legit? What is their excuse? You know, we can't argue, we can't say the travel, we can't say it's a the, the draw. They had a proper seven-day rest, right? What's their excuse? They should have known. F- fucking South put 50 on, mel- on Manly the week before. They, complete- they had one error. They knew they were going to get into a grind. And what do they want to do? They want to push a pass. Just take the tackle. Take the bloody tackle. Get a quick play of ball. A quick play of ball is worth more than a 50-50 ball. Just, just. Cut and I've legit for I've, I've questioned this team, this squad in the past whether or not they've had stupid low IQ football players. And I thought they were weirded out this year. I thought everyone was switched on, they weren't gonna they were doing their job. Now, I don't know what's happened to them. I don't know whether it was a manly loss or a few players get in and out injured and they're in and out of the squad, but it just really left a bit of uh, better taste in my mouth over the weekend.
0: I think uh, Birdie summed up the fans' frustration there very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been trying to take the positive out of it, to be honest. If, if we're going to have a loss like this, it's better to have it now than week one or week two of the finals and be straight out. Um, and I think BA said in the post-match game uh, that it's an easy fix. And, and in one circumstance, yes, it is, because it's, it's effort and application. Um, and it's going back to those uh, – something that Forty's been preaching, uh, you know, the KISS principle uh, – that really got us moving forward earlier in the year because mm-hmm. Rabbits did to us what we were doing to a lot of teams earlier in the year, which is just absolutely bruised teams um, so that they don't want to make that first-up contact. And uh, from that, points will come. Uh, but I think 40 you guys said it on the, the TCT podcast is that we seemed this week that we wanted to uh, worry too much about our attacking football. Yeah. Um, and in the wash-up of that, we completely forgot... Uh, our defensive game, which we had built on all season, which is, you know, pole other players, exactly. making them afraid of contact. But our first up contact on, on uh, Thursday night was diabolical. And, you know, you don't want to single out too many players, but Wonga Blake, the amount of tackles that he slipped up or or just simply didn't make because he, he hit the gap uh, without hitting a player, uh, it just wasn't good enough.
2: I agree. Yeah, and like, as we said, it is a simple game and oftentimes, yes, you've got complex attacking structures that look beautiful when they come off. But the team that wants it more and runs harder and wins the collisions, you know, the the one on one or the, the two on one, three ones of defence. Sometimes the guys that just tear into each other more consistently and and win the rock that way. That's how you're going to get the ascendancy and get on the front foot. And that Whoa, was what.
3: Sorry, not going. I was
2: going to say that, that as Hamish pointed out, that's what defined the the our, our best stretch earlier in the season. And in the last few weeks, I don't know if it's attrition or sort of letting the outside noises creep in about our attack sucking and whatnot. But uh, that um, sort of went away from us.
3: I was just going to say, like you said, it's desire and want that wins your football games. I, don't, I think you just only have to see um, our two disallowed tries to see that. Dill broke the line, I, I, regardless of what you think of whether it was obstruction or not. He broke the line and then he put his foot down to beat the fullback. No, what halfback beats the fullback like that? Barely any. And then the Madison one, like it's only because there was nothing on the outside, so he took it himself and wanted it and ran hard and like again, whether, whatever your thoughts were about the obstruction call, it doesn't matter. Like he wanted that try, and then they should be bringing that across the whole park. Every single player should have to want it. It doesn't, you know. Look at a player like Ray Stone. Like Stone is not the most talented player there is. He's not the most physically gifted there is. But you know that when he's on the field, he's going to try his absolute guts out to get a win.
1: I think the worst try we conceded was Adam Reynolds' one. Like you saw, he. He makes a pass, right? He, he gets sort of half tackled, but yet it goes to the winger, and he somehow is backing up the winger. Like that's effort. Like this guy, he could he could have just stood there and admired his his cutout pass. But he, he, you know, he had a feeling, you know, maybe the winger will come in and pass it. And we're just standing around there. No one's literally um, making an effort. Like I just, you know, and like you can question their defence tactics, like when they rush in. Defend like Melbourne. They do exactly like we do. They rush in. Their center's rushing. Their wing is rushing. What's the difference? They, their contact stick. They make
2: sure they And hit we saw them. against last week where the, that structure works against Melbourne. You can be aggressive on the edges, providing that your center and your winger make good contact on their jams, allowing your your second row and your 5-8-4 halfback to sweep underneath and clean up what happens outside. But when Wunger yeah. Blake's shooting the gap, and like Hamish says, he only had three missed tackles per NRL.com, but probably triple those were bad reads that didn't touch anyone. So, you can't
1: miss a tackle if you don't make contact. Exactly. So that's he's exactly.
2: And that's that's what he did on Thursday night. So when you do that, and and you know in the game, when we're discussing it on live, people were complaining that we're defending with 12 men, and I'd argue that we would have been better off with 12 men because at least with 12 men doing their job, you know that your structures can still work. When Wanga Blake misses his assignment because he shoots out of line and misses Everything and everyone that that whole right edge disintegrates. All of a sudden, there's overlaps. There's players trying to account for players that they're not meant to. That they're, they're outside their responsibility, and everything the the system collapses. And that's what we saw against South Sydney. And that's how they pillage that edge from pillar to post.
1: And like, yeah, go on, <laughs> on that. Man.
3: Just so, sorry, quickly, Birdie. Just on that, like, I've seen people blame. Blake Ferguson and saying you should uh, stay on your wing or whatever. A winger has to follow their center. Yeah,
2: the, the center okay. telegraphs telegraphs everything for the, the winger. If he jams, you've got to jam.
0: But even on that, in previous weeks, we've had that slide under defense. So if we do miss on the outside, you'd have a Madison yeah. or, a, and, and Mitch Moses or a Moses backing up on that tackle. Uh, I mean, but just the very first contact was so bad that it didn't allow those under defenders to get because
2: the the primary the there. primary ball runner that, that's in that interior part of the edge is got a free run now because Wonga's has missed him completely. So not only has he got the ball, he's got two or three men unmarked outside him on a you know three versus one sort of deal. And yes, the cover defence is coming, but they're not going to get there in time when Wonga doesn't slow him down.
0: Yeah, I and I can say, say it's not just Wonga who was terrible. Yeah, I know,
2: I know we're picking on Wonga because he is sort of the the face of our defensive struggles. But you know, across the park, we've talked about Mike Sevo, who at least has turned it around in offense a little bit. But um, you know, Sean Lane was once again not in position where he needed to be on Thursday night. Um, and you know, just uh, out, you can also point the finger at um Mitchell Moses to a degree too in terms of game management. There's across the park, we've been out of sync, and it, it really came to a head on Thursday night.
1: Marnie hasn't played a good game since he signed his contract. I'm not saying that's the reason he's mis- he's playing, but since he signed the contract, a lot of errors are creeping into his game. Bad passes are creeping into his game. Like, even look, I don't know if you want to torture yourself, but if you go back and watch, it was in the first half, I believe, Dylan Brown throws a bad pass, and before he gets to, to the recipient, he has, he has his hands on his heads He knows it's a bad pass, so he has that sort of accountability to him. I just feel as though there's some players out there that are contributing to errors, and they're not... Say you know, putting their hand up saying, oh, My bad, they're just thinking, Hang on, someone else will cover for me. Maybe Dr. Likes of Junior Paulo will cover for me, or Nathan Brown will cover for me. Some people got to start taking accountability for their fuck ups, and or because I know it's a team sport, but your error shouldn't compromise the team, shouldn't complicate the team effort. And yeah, that's, that's it.
2: For and me. I suppose that, that, funnily enough, that criticism of Reed Minor leads me to one of the few positives as Hamish was sort of talking about trying to take a positive of this game, and that was back-to-back strong performances from Ray Stone as the relief dummy half. His surface again was very clean, got through some good minutes, and, you know, the, the guy's obviously put in a lot of work to develop his game to that point, so I'm, I'm very chuffed for
3: him. I'm excited to see what he can do, you know, because I, I assume, I hope that he's re-signed for next year. I like him as a player, um, as a person sort of thing. He seems like a genuine bloke. Like what he can do with another pre-season of training, you Know focusing 100% on dummy half work, we might actually have a legitimate um option there. Well, I you know, he's, he's on his way, he's a lot closer than he was 12 months ago. So, you know, in a couple months' time, hopefully, he can really um, and we've got a genuine 14 option that even if we want to chuck him in the forwards, it won't be a problem for us because mm-hmm. he's very strong in the forwards too.
2: Yeah, just yeah, the, you know, what, what can you say, really disappointing performance that, like we said, you know, for a while has been the culmination of that six- to eight-week window where things have slowly unraveled offensively, and then, you know, when the defense doesn't turn up, that's what happens. So a lot a lot that can be taken out of this game. We've got the 10-day turnaround heading into this game on Sunday, so hopefully they've done their homework.
0: Yeah, and they've just got to find that fire that they had in their belly earlier in the year. You've got four four weeks to go until it hits finals yeah, time. Yeah, the, the, the
2: time is there. Uh,
0: you've got, you know, you've got Raiders and, and Roosters who are right on your tail now, one win back, and they've got to play each other this weekend. So we've got that one... Uh, as a bit of a grace, but you know you're playing a Warriors team this weekend, which we'll get into in the the preview. But um, you know, credit to them and to their to their coach uh, Peyton, uh, he's got them playing like they really want it. And you know, they're one or two wins outside of the eight now, so it's not going to be an easy uh, task know, so. come Sunday. All, All right. right. Well, is, is that where we want to leave that review? There's not too much else to take out from that, other than well, yeah,
2: obviously the other out that. Um, I mean, we'll get to it in a second.
0: But that's but... in the news. That's in the news items, mate. Don't yeah, jump too I know, quick.
2: I know. I know. I'm just trying to quickly think if there was anything else. Um...
1: Oh, fuck oh. yourself, Sydney, and they fucking... There. Enjoy your grand final. We'll be winning the real one this year. Go fuck yourself, your <laughs> t- supporters. Well, well, in the back
0: of that, uh, for, for South, I, I think they've had the last two weeks, yes, they've played great performances, but their opposition haven't put up much uh, against them. And they also had two games where you, if you, you have one or two of them a year, where everything turns to absolute gold. Yeah, and that was like that was our game against uh, the Tigers, the first game at Banquest, and then the first finals match against the Broncos last year, where exactly. you could do absolutely no wrong. Um, and I think that was their last two games, and I don't expect that to continue on.
2: Um, one. one. Jaden
1: Stewart scored a try. He was offside. Referee didn't bother checking it. But that's just show, like everything went their way. Whatever they did was it was a clinic out there.
2: One little like, one little thing that's been bothering me that we probably haven't touched about officially, even though we've spoken about it off like, you know, outside the podcast is, geez, can't needs need to put away the offload sometimes. Like, yeah, he's
0: uh, he's gone a bit crazy with
2: it. Every hit up. It's every hit up. He's trying to fight and, and f- not just get the offload, away, but he flings it out. And, you know, Reed Marnie's usually awake to it, but there was one where it came so late that it wasn't even aimed at Reed. Reed was like the second uh, supporting player, and it got flung out and hit his hand for a knock-on. Yeah,
0: Channel 9, I haven't got Reed for that. Like, you should know that it's coming. And I'm like, well, yeah, you should, but come on, there's a limit. Yeah,
2: yeah. So just, I mean, once again, just self-destructive tendencies that really, when your defense isn't there, you can't afford to make those sort of errors.
0: Right, we'll wrap it up there and get into the news. The first bit of news, of course, is Dylan Brown undergoing surgery on that syndesmosis injury. He's still indefinite on the uh, returning to play. Uh, I think the, uh, the NRL physio said best-case scenario, week two of the finals.
2: Week one or week two of the finals is what I saw on Twitter, yeah. So uh, I suppose it, it's better to plan for life without him uh, up until that stretch. But, geez, it'd be huge getting back for the postseason because that kid is a lion heart.
1: I don't want to get too far ahead. If we win first... Because we'll, we'll most likely finish top four. If we win the first week, we get a week off, right? Yeah. Correct. So, he, so he'll be back in... So he'll be back... For be the, ready the for grand the
0: final
2: that,
0: that That's a proviso if we... Make top, top four at the four. moment. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got, got the wobbles up. So
2: provisionally, we, we can't really lock it in, can't we? So we're there. No, we, if we don't
1: make top four. Just give our spot to the West Tigers because we don't deserve it. If we don't make top never. four, never. No, the Wests. Like, Come on, what are you talking I'm about? And begrudge
2: and begrudge West Tigers their rightful heir to you know the heirloom ninth place. Come on, you can't do that, Bertie. Mate,
1: I'm that confident we we won't fall out of top four. We've built enough buffer this year. We've won, We've got our dubs early, but you know anything can happen.
0: Okay, um, Birdie, you've completely gone off the rails. Oh, they, they, broke, uh, they broke me, <laughs> Next no Eddie, mate. It's they broke me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, bit of the news, next bit of news coming out of that game, where's Reg Campbell-Gillard?
2: Oh shit, uh, Jackie.
0: Charged by the Match Review Committee, Grade 1, dangerous Throw, um, <laughs> on Campbell-Graham.
2: I'd like
3: to know which tackle it was because I
0: didn't see a dangerous throw on the field at all.
2: It was a borderline penalty at best on the field, and the fact that he copped the hundred points means that if once again, if he and I don't want to use the sneeze as um uh, what's a good idiom, so but if he you know looks on the wrong way, he's going to cop a suspension near the finals. So so dumb, very frustrating for the MRC, but it's absolutely on par on brand for them.
0: Yeah, um, it is what it is. Uh, but he'll be available for our upcoming clash against the oh, Warriors. Oh, by,
2: by, the, by the way, once again, just as a week-to-week thing, that was a grade one, not like a non-fine charge. He couldn't take the $700 fine or whatever. Nelson of Surface Holmona, decapitates Maradine Okore. That's a fine. <laughs> uh, Justin Olam, literally cartwheels Mitchell Moses late and high off the ball. That's not even a charge. Like, what the fuck is the match review committee doing on a week-to-week basis? I do not understand.
1: Even... Even the trail early in the season he had a he had back to back weeks where he took uh, took someone's head off. He didn't even get a fine. Yeah, against like, the
2: against the Warriors, he knocked out Fuss. Like yeah. <laughs> in a try scoring situation. Did not get a charge. I just Yeah. We could have a whole we could have a yeah, whole podcast about totally this sort of not. shit.
3: Like to me intentionally taking out a like uh, tackling someone high. Like Sinbin on a seven hundred dollar fine. And then what his his left foot might have been above the horizontal. Puts him on his, like, flat on his back or on his bum. And, oh, yeah, you deserve a week for that. I just Yeah, I'd like to know how they watch it and what they do when they're...
0: Then on to uh, something that impacts our un- upcoming game. George Jennings now Varo as part of the loan agreement. They'll be not permitted to, be, to play against the Eels this weekend. Uh, my understanding is... Uh, that's not us making up those rules. That's an NRL-mandated rule just to ensure that there's no tanking Any, against there.
2: Anyone you – know, obviously, yeah. that's an integrity thing for sure, but anyone that thought there, would be, there wouldn't be there would be a no-compete clause for clubs, learning players, to the Warriors is insane. That is just
3: – Not insane. Outright stupid.
2: Yeah, well, that's probably a better way of putting it. Outright stupid. Just absolutely idiotic. There is you only
3: have to look at the loan system in English football, mm. whenever a team comes up against their home team – they don't
2: play, and that's not to say that we're not grateful for what the Warriors have done, sort of taking one for the entire competition this year. But the, the, why the Eels but have no obligation that yeah. they, they've helped more than any other team. Now the Eels have lent their players longer than anyone else across the extended loan period, and two players, mind you, uh, one of which has been an absolute star for him on the left wing, and Alvaro, who's going you know getting better and easing his way into a really strong role off the bench. Um, yeah, the eels have no obligation to let them play against them, and the, um, the vast majority of fans I, I saw on Reddit were like, "Yeah, that makes sense." But there were more than enough of them to um, say, "Or oh, you know, bloody eels, you know, trying to rip off the Warriors." It's like, hello. I think some
3: eels fans say it.
2: Yeah, that, that's well. Yeah, the self-loathing of Parramatta <laughs> fans is, <laughs> occupies a special place in our fandom, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. enjoy you winning like on just you don't have to bow down because everybody's saying we're waiting for Parramatta to fall over and they'll celebrate like, yeah. you know, fuck, fuck everybody else. Who cares? Seems- Do you think the Roosters care about sombrero jokes? Do you think Storm no care about cheating jokes? No, they don't. Like, who gives a fuck?
3: And if, I don't know. This this might be a bit of a take, but it seems like our fans wait for a loss.
2: Oh, not wrong. Uh, to like- come, out, come out of the woodworks and start piling shit on their own team. You're absolutely right about that.
3: Yeah. And like, you know, we were talking about it last week with Gould saying, our oh, Parramatta's... Like, they'll take our game against Rabbitohs and be like, oh, Gould was right, Gould was right. Well, we've got a sample of 30 other games the past two years where that hasn't happened. So why are we picking one sample, one 80-minute performance where they didn't put in compared to 30 where we've had, like, I don't know, two or three of those performances? It's got nothing. It seems like our fans wait for a loss and they they revel in it. They want They want the team to lose. They want and then when the team does lose after a predicted loss they want to like sack everybody like, just get rid of everyone get everyone anyone and everyone involved with the club or the team like
0: just get rid well, of I them. think it's I think part of it's just wanting to be correct and you know the 16 16- clubs in this competition, if you're predicting that 15 of six to, of the 16 aren't going to win the competition, or you predict all 16 won't win the competition, you're going to be right 15 times out of 16. Like you know, yeah, we, right. y- It's pretty easy to be correct. Um, Alright, well I think that's enough on that front. Is uh, tr- there any other news? No, there wasn't any other news. Uh, I'll just try again to get the uh, New South Wales RL oh, women's I mean, up. No,
3: I just want to say hashtag not all Eels fans. Some of you... <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's cloudy. <laughs> um, there is a pretty big NRL news. Uh West Hyker's giving Benji the wrist via club um text uh, Twitter or email. <laughs> not even giving the grace of a, a big send off. They did the um statement online that was he's done here.
0: Yeah, that's uh not great. <laughs> not great at all. Uh, but you know how they resold bloody uh, Robbie Farrer before, and you know it's it's in the DNA of that club at the moment just to would, would, fuck would up guys, the, the easiest.
3: Would you guys be up for a year deal for Benji? I
2: am not uh, against it. Yeah, for the right uh, money, I, yeah. I'd take it. Uh, I think I'm there's... sorry,
1: I I think the times of I, I think he's, he's he's a big voice in the locker room, and I don't think we need him for twelve months because he will like because we need. As I said earlier, we need someone to take accountable for the team. So we need Junior Paulo, we need Mitchell Moses, Dylan Brown, Gufferson, who are going to be here for the long haul to have their voice only heard, if that makes sense. And I just feel as though he'll sort of disrupt it because... I, I, don't,
0: I don't think know. I don't think Benji is the cancer in that team, though.
1: Oh, no, I don't think he's cancer. I just think he's I, I he think, has a strong voice and...
2: But I think we've got enough young playmakers that are going to... With the way the NRL is at the moment, given you know that the bubble might be extended into the 2021 season... I, I don't think I'm against having an, an older, head, older hand, older head like Benji be around them and sort of help augment Joey, deliver messages and, and sort of, um you know, talent development to those guys. So if it's for the right value, and depending on how the top 30, top 28, top 26, however it is constructed for 2021 moving forwards, um, ends up being, I'm not against it.
3: I'd be 100% for it. Like, look at the quality of halves currently in the NRL, right? You've got Lachlan Lewis, you've got Jack Cogger, you've got Jamal Fogarty, You've got some of these, awful, I'm not going to say awful players, but
2: fringe, to mean they're not. fringe types that aren't really, yeah, yeah every yeah, week and starters. Then
3: got Benji Marshall, who at this time of his career is in the same position, if you can pick him, I reckon if you could pick him up for 12 months, it gives a young playmaker in the team, like in the club, for argument's sake, Jake Arthur, um, 12 months. He doesn't have to worry about if there is a reserve grade next year, he doesn't have to worry about, am I going to step up into that role? Um, but also it gives a legitimate backup half that, you know, say if Dylan Brown's out again, say if Mitchell Moses is out again, like for that four to five weeks, we bring in Benji Marshall, you know, no disrespect to Jay Field, but he's no Benji Marshall. Like we bring bringing someone who's yeah. been there
0: and done it.
2: So yeah, if the if the, if the money's right, I, I agree. There was one other piece of an news, uh, Hamish, that we missed. It's not Parramatta. But, um, Bronson Cherry. Yeah, the anabolic stories didn't taste like cherries. So the <laughs> B sample came back positive.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, when you looked at the drugs that he was taking, they were like, you know, shit that the East Germans were getting done for back in the bloody
2: 80s and 70s. If the allegations are correct, the fact that he was doing it since Mats and Ball is insane. So it makes you wonder how deep that runs.
0: Yes, uh, especially at that club. All right, well, let's look at some other results on the weekend. Dragons Titans, uh, talking about Fogarty, uh, comeback king after you know having a terrible game the week before. He he wins it for them on the death yeah, there, four to ten.
2: Dragons had ascendancy in this game and then went back to their old ways. They got up for one week against us where we were at our low and let that game slip away.
3: I was too sad to watch any footy this week, so I'm.
2: <laughs> it was an interesting week of footy. A couple of big blowouts actually.
0: Yeah, I, I was uh, I was almost on a similar vein to you. I didn't oh, watch yeah. a lot.
2: It was it was, a, it was a slog. It was very hard, and I had it on the background more than anything else. But yeah, good. I mean, good on the Titans. I mean, like the Warriors been one of the more upstart, plucky teams in the back half of the season.
1: I did catch the last fifteen minutes of it, which was decent. My biggest gripe with what how how it ended, uh, I'm not a fan of how the clock still runs when it's a penalty goal. Or yeah, it's not it, to talk. Yeah, I reckon they should. Adopt the NFL Ham style
2: f- versus- Well, Ham and I have, have argued this, not argued against you, but argued for this. If the ball's dead, time's off. Like play your yeah. 80 minutes of football.
1: Because worst case scenario, he takes his time. What do they get? They get a monetary fine. Oh, would be you know, like you paid yeah. 500k a year. I can pay that easier. You know, like I reckon it's it's got to be more. Like maybe they get, they don't get the ball back. Like if they take a time too much time. Like they've got to. And I'm not look. I'm not defending the dragons, but I just hate how they do it. Like some t- some players just take their time. Shane Flanagan's son, uh, or whatever his name is. What is his name? Kyle Flanagan. He takes three minutes each kick. So I'm not a fan of goal kicks taking their time and chewing the clock.
0: And Roosters 58, Broncos 12. Broncos a uh, big improvers over last time. 59 nil <laughs> to 58 12. You know, 13. next time
2: 20, play,
0: baby. Yeah. Um Old wasn't the problem.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be part of, yeah. <laughs> part of it. A significant part, obviously, but their roster of construction has got issues and lack of leadership amongst both the playing group and the uh on and off the field, the coaching administration. So we knew this was going to be a cricket score, and finally it was played at the Sydney Cricket Ground.
1: Tony Staggs is a monster. I know he can't defend, he, he's got he is one of the most, like most of exciting league.
2: players with the ball in hand, isn't he? Yeah, he's,
1: Yeah. Oh, just that try, he scored like. Like, he switched on and it didn't even bounce the ball, and he's really got it, it, picked it up, and he's, you know, running around. I didn't know he was that quick. I thought he was just all power. I didn't know he had, he's he got a bit, of, you know, a bit of quickness in him.
0: That's about all there is for That's there. Tedesco looking fantastic again, though, especially for everybody's fantasy team. Yeah, he
2: killed me for uh, weeks I, in fantasy, yeah. you bastard, and now he's finally coming good.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, he bit everybody a little bit early on. Yeah. So it's uh, nice to get him that, that switch around.
2: Big, uh, big upset, though, coming up on Saturday morning. or Saturday early Yeah, morning. it's Warriors 36 to Newcastle
0: 6. Warriors fantastic in that game. Newcastle not so good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Um, And th- this really sets the like, – lights the fuse, doesn't it, for our game this week because the Warriors are coming in red hot. They're coming in playing some very good football. Uh, and, you know, they've got a, a halves pairing that – while not too flashy on paper, doing all the jobs they need to do, uh, and just a real tough forward pack and a back line that's making the most of opportunities. And uh, for Newcastle, though, uh, are we off the Mitchell-Pierce hype train? Is that what's happening now? Oh,
0: I don't think anybody's been on it, really. He's, yeah, he's media, just been so well, this year. The
2: media are always on Bad it,
0: Fittler will
3: become state of origin and squad selection time.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's, <laughs> that always happens, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. He so. is the incumbent half, so...
0: Well, yeah, he, he passed the ball before it was passed to...
2: Tom Toboyevich. Tom
0: then, before it, it was passed. Who then to
2: Ferguson, who <laughs> yeah. did all the fucking work, who made the line break and managed to stay in field and get the pass back to Teddy, who then did a good job finishing. The only two players that deserve credit in that play were T- um, Tedesco and, and Ferguson. Uh, but yeah, it's all Pearson um, and Toboyevich, which blows my mind.
0: Yeah, I don't think you'd read too much into it. Uh, let's go to the next game. Sharks, 28, Cowboys, 12. Cowboys, just they've got some great pieces, but they just can't put it together, can yeah, they?
2: Yeah, Exactly.
0: <laughs> panthers 30 west six uh, panthers, uh panthers almost
2: on in there panthers got pushed for a little bit by the west tigers um and then yeah they just did not have the gas to go 80 and like you said it was a bit of fiery moments there's also some good sportsmanship when um as copped yet another concussion um everyone including the ref came to his aid so yeah i don't know Penrith still very good um was that 11 straight for them
0: yeah, I think their previous record was nine, yeah. and that's the first time 11 since the Sharks in 2016, I want to yeah. say. No, it's been a while. Right.
2: Um, so, yeah, the, you know, Panthers definitely one of the teams to beat. We've said it for the last few weeks in the podcast, and once again, the only question is if they're peaking too early, but if they keep doing stuff like this, it's going to be hard to argue against it.
0: Storm, 30, Seagull, 6. Uh, again, one that we thought was a bit closer at the beginning, but then Storm just uh, flattened
2: them out later on. Yeah, they scored some nice tries down that left edge. Uh, Pappenhusen at a car. And uh, who was the other one there? I'm sure. But yeah, Storm just too good with the return of Cameron Munster and, and Cameron Smith, who's played his second game with. No, he didn't play against us. So yeah, Storm too good.
0: And then the last match of the round, Raiders 34, Bulldogs 20. <sighs> I dreamed a dream, Jeez. but it did not come
2: true. Jesus the bull, Like Up 20 to 12, you get a core player in the other, other team binned and you concede two tries in the period that that player is binned. <laughs> that is, oh my God. Like... I had, what do you even say about that? They were in the box seat to completely run away with that game, and although they're not scoring that period, they're shut out for the rest of the game, by the way, but they conceded two tries, one of which Jack Whiten had five defenders on him. <sighs>
0: How many times have they done that this year, though?
2: Good, oh, Goodness gracious. Uh, I
1: reckon Paul White's paying the
2: Bulldogs. I mean, full, full I credit to the see. Raiders, because they could have fallen apart easily with that man in the bin, but they you know just rolled up their sleeves, and Jack Whiten took control of the game.
0: Yeah, that's just a typical Bulldogs uh, performance at this point. You know, um, in in years past, they gave their fans a little bit of,
2: bit hope, of hope for the
0: next season, winning yeah. you know meaningless games at the end of the year when finals were out of reach. But no false
2: hope for you uh, this year, Canterbury.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think there's much hope next year, especially with big the roster. Trend. Like it's just the it's big dog daddy shit. Fix
2: it all. Um,
0: Okay, well, let's get in, oh, and sorry, in the, the women's, uh, the girls going down again this week. Sorry, it's popped out over here. Uh, Wentworthville Magpies going down 14 to 28 against the Cronulla Sharks. The Central Coast Roosters are still undefeated, but it's so weird that Wenty Magpies, who, you know, have been smash pillar to post uh, all of this year. Um, oh, sorry, if I got the wrong? Man, I hate this frigging...
2: The Playfooty website's awful. Yeah. (laughs) Why
0: wouldn't it just direct you to the (laughs) current (laughs) round as opposed to... I
2: I, I do implore anyone that's listening to understand Hamish's issues here. Jump on the Playfooty website and see if you can uh, navigate to that sort of stuff.
0: Okay, sorry. Here's the result. We won because we had a (laughs) bye.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, But next week it's finals, so we won't be taking part in Uh, those. So that's it. You're
2: only as good as your last game, and we won undefeated. I like smashed opposition in the last regulation week. So well done, girls.
0: Yeah, but the the one game that we drew was against the competition. Was against the Central Coast (laughs) (laughs) Roosters, who are (laughs) um, undefeated so far. So yeah,
2: Yeah, we kept them from a from a flawless season. So well done. Yes, they're undefeated, but it wasn't. uh, What's it called? Uh, Every win, every start was a win. So.
1: So they've done the Cleveland Browns eh, a couple of years back. They, they lost, didn't lose every game. They drew one game and <laughs> lost
2: the rest. Unfortunately, you don't get any draft picks for tanking in the um, NRL in any form of it. So the girls do not get a better draft pick.
0: All right, let's get to the preview. Uh, Eels taking on the Warriors, or Warriors at home, actually. Uh, 4.05pm, so the Sunday Channel 9 slot on Sunday the 6th of September 2020, and it'll also be Father's Day, so uh, um, at least one set of Father's fans are going to be going home happy. Uh, Warriors in ninth position, Eels in third position. Warriors, very long odds there, $3.10 to the Eels, $1.37. On Channel 9, KO Foxtel and Live Pass. Coming into this, the team lists are for the Warriors at fullback and captain Roger Tuavasa Shek. On the wings, Adam Pompey, Jared Beale. In the centers, Hayes Perham and Peter Hicku. In the halves, Cody Nicarima and Chanel Harris Tavita. In the props, Jermaine Tanua Brown and Lachlan Burr, Carl Lawton at hooker. Second row, Jack Murchie, Tohu Harris, Jazz Tfunga. And then the interchanges, Wade Egan, Adam Blair, Josh Curran, and Isaiah Papali'i. Extended bench, uh, NRL, I think they've screwed up here. They've only got three players on extended bench.
3: No, that's right. Without, that's it? Without but does it go
0: 18 20, What happened to player 19 for Warriors? Um, Daniel Alvaro there in memoriam. <laughs> I see. Okay, Paul Turner, Tom Ayl and Adam you Keegren. Know uh, for the Eels at fullback and captain, there you are, two captain fullbacks. Don't see that all the time. Uh, is Clint Gutherson on the wings. Maker Civo, Blake Ferguson. Centres, Michael Jennings, Wonga Blake. And in the halves, Jai Field replaces the injured Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses. Forwards are Reg Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, Reed Marnie at Hooker. Uh, second row, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, Nathan Brown at Locke. Interchanges: Ray Stone, Maradona Nakore, Kane Evans, Oregon Kafusi, Extended Bench, Hayes Dunster, Andrew Davey, Brad Takarangi, and Stefano Atuikumanu. And we have Grant Atkins as, oh, fuck, as the referee. Uh, <laughs> Touch judges, Chris Butler, Phil Henderson. both Scott again in the video referees box with Steve Chitty, senior review official. Um, so, surprising that there's not more than one force change, or is there a bit of foxing there with... Uh, uh, Hayes Dunster at eighteen potentially.
2: I reckon I'll be one to seventeen. I think
0: so too, and 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 I think it'd be easy to chop and change and bring some players in this week and and really throw the hammer at them. Uh, but I can sort of understand where BA is coming from. That, that that was the first game where we did not show any intent in the full eighty minutes. Uh, you know, in those other two games, we lost to St George and to uh, to Manly. There was intent in portions of the game, uh, but I think he's giving them a go to 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 see whether or not they can respond in these last four games uh, and and really get a rocket up them and and, and get back to playing their best football. Uh, I think that's a pretty tough decision to make, not to drop somebody like Wanga Blake straight away. And I know Hayes Dunster's a rookie, uh, but if You've still got your eye on top four. You'd bring that change right now, wouldn't you? Uh, If you thought Wonga Blake was an unfixable issue.
2: Yeah, and we've talked about it a lot in the podcast too. A lot of this is a function of the fact there is no reserve grade. So if you're bringing someone in like Hayes or Jamin Salmon or even Brad now, but he hasn't played for a good month or so, they're coming in ice cold. So you're taking a calculated risk. Whereas if they had the benefit of playing reserve grade, you know if you're coming in for hot hand or not. So I can understand. I, I kind of disagree, but I wrote about it today on my teamless blog that, I'm not super happy about the decision, but I can definitely understand where Brad Arthur and his coaches are coming from because you almost, you know, rather back the guy that you know can be a, you know, an all-star sort of player. Wonga Blake has all the talent in the world and he's shown throughout 2019, he was very good defensively for us. There were like no issues in defense. Whereas this year just he's a little bit off the rails and is making not only bad reads, but probably lack of effort in those execution areas. So yeah, I can understand why they did what they did.
0: Do you think it could be a symptom, and, and it's something I raised in Discord today, and, and I don't want to use it as an excuse, but that shoulder injury he had in the off-season and a full shoulder reco. I don't know how long it takes to get full strength back in that shoulder. And obviously tackling technique is, is based yeah. on that shoulder technique. Um, I don't I, think I, that should I be just, the I missed. just don't know if that's... That that's might be a contributing factor. I, I don't
2: think that should be dismissed. Like, yeah, it's easy to say he should toughen up and, and play through any sort of uh, doubts that he'd have there. But anyone that's had a major uh, injury, whether it's in the legs or the shoulders or the arms, will tell you that it's hard. Like once that's in your head, we saw someone like Manu Ma'u, one of the toughest blokes I've ever seen, take the field. He played with an arm guard for the rest of his career after he broke his arm the first time. So the, there is absolutely definitely mental scars that can impact the player like that.
3: And then also, like, I think it's all come together like um talk about that shoulder injury i think i've mentioned it before in the podcast but that means no preseason, pretty much like i know he can run but there's no um
2: so you're not doing full weight sessions you're not doing full contact there's a lot, a lot of stuff missing sessions, out yeah so, exactly like,
1: like, you're away from the team as well you're in the rehab group yeah like so you know and it, it is a bit of a
3: problem um blake ferguson outside Wanga blake and you know he doesn't pass the ball uh, how do we know this offseason Weren't looking to prepare Wanga Blake, like or Jenny. We get into how to position your winger, how to position yourself to get it out to your winger, when to pass to the winger. Uh, you know, it's definitely something, especially if you're only being uh, twenty-five years old. You know, it's sort of still a little bit young, Wanga Blake. And it doesn't matter what age you are. A, a preseason is massive, and when you miss one, it's even bigger. Like it's, it's just compounding, and then not, and then probably a confidence thing, um, which is his own doing. It's not, you know, it may be down on confidence. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, it might just take, yeah. And the thing is, you said you can't bring these guys up because there is no reserve grade. You can't drop one of Blake back to reserve grade, like there's no reserve grade there to say, oh, you've got to work on this. Like, it's first grade or training. And you don't really do training during the year. It's all um, preparing and relaxing. Rehab. not re- What am I trying to say? Recovery. Recovery. That's the one. It's the other. Reading, writing, and recovery.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I think I agree with all of that. And, you know, it's not a single excuse, but at least it's, it's, it sort of gives an idea of something that might be plaguing him this season. But we've seen at times his, his first up contact has been good. And especially in attack, he's, is he's, he's been able to barge through. Um, so, um, if there is any little nagging issue, I hope he gets it under, under wraps in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Where do we see the areas of attack or to be worried about for the Warriors? Obviously, they won't have George Jennings on that wing who was smashing through on the weekend. But uh, a player that I've highlighted that's completely turned his season around, Petahiku, uh, has been fantastic in the centres. We know from previous games against them, their halves pairing, Cody Nikarima and Chanel Harris-Tavita, are both both fantastic at attack. Um, And, and of course, you've got Roger Tuovasa-Shek at at fullback who... um, he just does a mountain of work and, and is also there. Uh, support play is fantastic. Um, anywhere else, their forwards, uh, I, I haven't seen too much from their forwards.
3: Oh, they've got some big forwards, like that Um, Tanoa Brown and uh, Jack Murchie has been playing. Pretty- yeah. I mean, and so. Tohu
0: Harris, yeah.
1: Yeah, because Tohu Harris actually plays in the middle. He he um, shifts into the middle, so he, it's another big body up the middle. Um, I don't know how you can – like, ideally, we've got the better team, but Warriors are playing on a hard effort, and, you know, you, you – you can't fault them, and there's no there's no weakness if they're all given if they everyone's given you know 100%. There's no weakness to them. Like you could probably argue their winger maybe, but
2: look, it, it feels yeah. like the sort of game where the Warriors are going to be plucky, they're going to be resilient, and they're going to try maximising the opportunities that we give them, which has been the story of Parramatta's last two months, isn't it? So if we they're go about- complete...
1: If we, go, that's right. if we
2: go about taking, uh, taking care of our own business, stop turning the ball over in stupid uh, situations and then stupid areas, namely our own red zone or you know, well into our own half, we're going to give ourselves a real shot here. Um, you know, the, the Warriors aren't going to roll over. They've shown, I don't think they've been blown out at all this year. Even Penrith, technically Penrith put uh, what 28 on them, but that was early in the season and that had a lot of fortuitous stuff for the Panthers. So they're not going to let us steamroll them, which means we're going to have to graft a tough victory here. So if we take care of our, our sort of game plan, keep it simple like Hamish and I said earlier in this podcast and let Mitchell Moses run the show without, you know, getting taken out of the game, I think we'll give it a real red hot shot.
0: All right, dude. uh One one interesting tidbit. We haven't played at Central Coast Stadium in a regular season game um, in the NRL era, our previous Game at Central Coast Stadium, coming against the Roosters in a preseason game back in two thousand and nine, which we won. Um, so when you look at that win percentage at this venue, Eels are currently at zero percent because they haven't played here before. I,
3: nah, we played the Tigers there. I know we did. And when did we get Semi for the? Um, for
2: the I I, I definitely semi, 2012 Yeah, Semi was a twenty eleven pickup, I think, because he played first grade in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was in our 20s in 2012. So um, I, I definitely recall that, that trial that he played at him when you mentioned earlier today because he, yeah. he definitely went to do a quick line out throw at one point. Yeah. <laughs> And he had the big throw. So that was... Um,
3: so, yeah, we've played at least... And I'm pretty sure we lost that uh, game as well, so...
0: <laughs> so was that a trial or a regular season
2: game?
3: That uh, was a trial match.
2: Yeah, twenty twenties trial. trial. Yeah, as
0: I said, no, no regular season games there. No No, no, no. You- oh, you're saying we've had a more recent performance there. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Too easy, but still, that NRL's got one right for for once zero <laughs> from zero regular season games.
2: That's wild. They uh, haven't played there at all, isn't it? Crazy.
0: Yeah, Warriors have been really good at this venue this year as well. Five from eight. Um, right. So it's been their home away from home. Uh, predictions, Birdie.
1: Oh, I'm still yeah. Look, I'm not going to tip a first try scorer. I'm just going if we score one try, I'm going to be happy. All right, I know we got flogged, but I'll take a six nil win right now. And any anyone try scorer
2: I just want no, 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 no more shutout victories. Because, no,
1: I don't yeah, like, give a no. shit. I don't care if you win a
2: hundred 0 no, no, against no, the. No, no, against no, no, no more shutout victories because I'm not sure if it was a third or fourth time in our history, but yeah. that that against the storm that was like our let's say it was our third. I think the broadcast said our third shutout victory, and every time we've had a shutout victory in the modern era, we've um, followed up with a loss. So I don't want any more shutout victories. Okay. unless it's All the right. grand final.
1: I'll the take one. a 48 to 42 win. <laughs> no, Have <that>? a no,
2: no, no. <laughs>
1: You want a six-one victory, six-six-one, one, yeah, six-one. I just, I just want <laughs> effort. I just want from the first set. I oh, know, hang on, they're on now. They're, they, you know, they're on not on gear or anything, but they're, like their heads are switched on, and I just want effort. That's all I care about. I don't give a fuck. That's fair. Screw the, screw the prediction. Forty your prediction.
2: Well, I've said all along that good teams don't drop consecutive games, so hopefully the Eels won't go back-to-back losses. So I'm going to tip Parramatta to win sixteen to six. First try scorer. Uh, I want to say Fergo, but it's not going to be Fergo. So, first try scorer, Jfield.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, Parramatta, 8-8. Uh, first try region. And I've got us down 18-16 winners uh, with King Gutho, uh, first try scorer. Um, so, we've all tipped a win uh, after
3: that last you, you, you start loss.
2: You got it. Uh,
3: I think we have to because, like I, I mentioned on Discord, um, with 2019-2020, we've been a top-eight team. Like, we've never been outside the top-eight. And then this year, after round two, we've been inside the top four. Whereas the Warriors have been perennial bottom 18. So I think I think that might have to say something. Class is permanent for me.
0: Okay. That's a big profound, way of saying, profound saying that we should win.
2: <laughs> a huge, a huge validation of our ability, it looks like. So we'll see if we, we can bust out the Ram and Holt Vindication uh, gif after the game, Ham. Education. Ah, uh, good old Brooklyn 99.
0: Yeah, so um, we'll see how we go on the weekend, but we'll have to wait a while. Our second last game of the round, given that we have started far out, of, we're already back to having these six o'clock games again because it's yeah. almost leading into to some. Well, we're in spring now, aren't we? So yeah,
2: first day. Um,
0: wow, it it does not feel like September. I don't know about you guys. I feel like the I'm still in the 20, middle of winter back at June. Is
2: balked. It has blown out like time, like your know, internal time like measurements and done everything else wrong as well. So <laughs> I
3: feel like I'm in spring, spring of 2025,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> our uh, NFL starts up just around the
3: week. Yeah, well, so, yeah. we
2: just had a, a wild trade deadline for the MLB with the San Diego Padres going all in. And, Man, I
0: was I was listening to that today, and I was like, wasn't there a seven-player seven-player yeah, trade? The, all of? the
2: team I support, the Seattle Mariners, who have been perennial cellar dwellers and are doing a very big rebuild at the moment. So they did a very good trade with the uh, the Padres to send a, a sort of project uh, catcher that they built up, who was a career minor leaguer and managed to fl- um, sort of flip him over for a couple of good prospects. So uh, Padres still got a very good farm system because they've done a great job of building that up, but. They're going in big time this year, which is exciting because it means that maybe someone can challenge, you know, one of the, the big boys, whether it's the Yankees or the Dodgers or any of those teams. And um, like, like you said, NFL in a week and a half, which is very cool.
0: Yeah, well, the Vikings just got themselves there. Yeah, good, well,
2: uh, <laughs> the Jaguars have sure cleaned, sure. cleaned out every good play they've possibly got in their roster. And uh, yeah, and then Birdie was talking about it pre-podcast, but the Chargers are cursed. Um, their superstar safety, Derwin James, blows out his leg and has gone for the year. So, yeah. Uh,
1: What's up with Dylan's?
2: Yeah. No, no, Derwin. Oh, yeah,
3: And then... Uh, but the, the Australian translation is Dylan, right? The,
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. The uh, Baltimore Ravens sacked uh, Earl Thomas, who's going to probably file a wrongful dismissal claim against them. Uh, then you had uh, Logan Ryan ended up uh, signing off the Giants. So lots of ple- uh, pieces moving in the run to the opening day.
1: I well, oh, didn't mention it last week. What Timberwolves, man? We got flogged all year, but we got the number one pick. We got won any... the lottery. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not gonna lie. You know, in America, like obviously, um, if you, if you're a lottery team, you're like, like laughing stock of the NBA. But I was jumping up and down. The kit almost came off. I was happy. I, I haven't been this happy in a long time. Like just because now, because ev- every team I've had the draft with. The highest we've ever I've ever picked was fourth, and that was set in of who we were going to get with the Cowboys. And we've usually picked around the middle of the draft. Now we've got literally, we can do whatever we want. We have endless possibilities. We can get Anthony Edwards, the guard out of Georgia, Lamelo Ball. Imagine Lamelo Ball and his dad in the crowd at Target in Minneapolis. We can trade her for a future star. Like, it's just, I now I know how my brother felt when they drafted Ben Simmons. They have... <laughs>
2: uh, Trust the process, eh?
1: Yeah, and um, you just mentioned the NFL in two weeks. Um, yeah, it's, it's just cool. crazy. I, and you know what? I had a bad weekend, and up until Sunday night, when Sydney FC won the double, or won the double, they actually saved me. I
0: was just closer. about to say that. This, 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 I didn't realise that uh, the A oh, League was still going. So, um, oh, yeah, what? that's,
1: that's a- what type of like this whole COVID shit, right? Like sports that have, should be ended three, four months ago, they're oh, finally rain. finishing up now. And what that's was, why I think, a bit,
2: you know, can you explain this to me, Bertie? The obviously the the I was about to say the Giants, uh, <laughs> Sydney FC. The, like there yeah. aren't even any giants in the A Week, so I don't know what got into my head there. Uh, the the Sydney uh, FC won one nil uh, in extra time, uh, but yeah. but Melbourne had a goal denied on the VAR by obstruction of the keeper. Like what? Yes. What? What was yes. that?
1: So what happened was um, the guy, there was a, there was a player off, in an offside position. Oh,
2: so there was a player was, in an offside position. I missed that yeah. during the, um, the hey, replay. So he
1: didn't play, he didn't, he didn't touch the ball at all, but he was blocking the goalkeeper's vision. Yeah, okay, that, that, that makes a lot of sense.
2: I, when I was watching the replay on the news, I, I missed yeah. the um or the highlights. I missed the offside player, which makes a lot of sense then. Okay.
1: See, there what, it, there was like a major incident about four or five years ago with Man City and Newcastle where it didn't touch the player and they counted mm-hmm. it as a goal. So they brought that rule in,
2: but he still influenced the play from an offside position, like what happens in rugby league.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like just because he blocked his vision, but yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Okay, there you go. And I I love, you know, we finally won silverware at our rivals' home ground, and (laughs) screw you, Wanderers. You know, you got us to stadium, but screw you. But yeah, other than that, um, NBA, yeah, NBA is still going. I think uh, the Bucks lost today against the
2: Miami. uh, Jimmy Butler took over the game.
1: Yeah, it's just... just 34
0: um, points. Yep. It's good. I oh. had it up on the TV while I was working at home. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Other than that, um, I don't
1: know. Man, what else could we talk... What else could we wrap up? I think that's about it. Yeah, NFL it's season. a pretty, pretty good place oh, to
2: end. NFL nice. gives us lots of talking points for the podcast in this um this little window here. But yeah, until then, stay safe and hopefully the Eels get a big win or any sort of good win on the uh, weekend. Yeah.
0: Just don't do them dirty like Benji. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, gotcha, boys.
0: Cheers! Catch you on the next Power Podcast. Go Power!